Welcome to See You on the Other Side, where the world of the mysterious collides with the world of entertainment. A discussion of art, music, movies, spirituality, the weird, and self-discovery. And now, your hosts, musicians and entertainers who have their own weakness for the weird, Mike and Wendy from the band Sunspot. Another week gone by. Yeah, another week gone by. And uh, I was just thinking about all the fried stuff at State Fair. Oh, my gosh. I was thinking about fried Oreos, which I believe, I think they're vegan. Unless they, unless there's something, there may be egg in the batter. Oh. But I, I didn't care. I, Did you have fried Oreos there? Uh, not this year, but I've had fried Oreos okay. in the past. Like, yeah, I think I've had I like 12 them last of them. time. Oh my gosh, that hurts my gut just thinking about and it. And I, I didn't have any cream puffs this year, but that is... I didn't either. That made me sad. I I kind of just... I, I won't say I forgot about it, but we were rather busy that day. Yes, so. there was, it, was, it was pretty intense. We're talking about our show at the State Fair. Last time we gabbed at you. Um, right. We were talking from Waukesha and we had uh, gone to visit Bray Road and looked for the mysterious beast the night before. <laughs> And that day we went to the Wisconsin State Fair and played a show with our band Sunspot. And uh, now we're a few days later and we're just reminiscing about good times and talking about things that happen in our dreams. Dreams. Dreams are very interesting and cool, I think. Yeah. And we've already had a dream, like lucid dreaming episode. Um, But today we're talking about how to interpret your dreams, like a beginner's guide to interpreting your dreams. So, I mean, Wendy, have you ever had a you ever had a particular dream that you woke up and you're like, "Oh, yeah, I get exactly why I dreamed that." Oh gosh. Yeah, sometimes usually I can I can patch together um certain recent events. They seem to like be melded together in my head. So like if I run into someone at the store that I haven't seen in years and then say I I don't know, get something in the mail and um just or, or like I'll be driving and I'll see somebody walking a dog and the dog's really big. I don't know. And then those three things like combine in a really strange way. Like the dog will deliver the package? Right. Or something. <laughs> or the person I saw at the store would be, you know, walking the dog. And But usually it's a lot more abstract than that. So it's there are things that I have to think about for a while and be like, why would I dream about that? And then I'll kind of trace back over the last week and go, oh, yeah, yeah, that brought that that synapse fired recently so it kind of is in the forefront of my mind and um do you keep it do you keep a dream journal or anything like that no i don't but i was actually looking through the app store uh i think it was this morning or last night i was not i was unable to sleep at at some point and i was thinking about uh i was thinking about doing one of those gratitude journals that everybody talks about you know oh absolutely i've done that yeah and so i was looking for an app for that and as I was browsing through the app store, I noticed there were tons of dream journal apps. So. And, yeah, and they're, and they're pretty neat. I've, uh, I try to journal my dreams when I can remember oh, cool. them. And uh, here's, a, here's a pro tip. Um, if you wake up, like if you wake up in the middle of the night and you, you don't remember your dreams, when you go back to sleep, if it's like late in the night, like, so let's say you wake up at like 3.30 in the morning, you're wake up at 6 or something. That time you fall back asleep between 4 and 6. That's where you're going to have a majority of your dreams. Okay. Interesting. So that, I mean, that's one of the things they recommend for lucid dreaming, actually, if you want to kind oh. of know you're going to dream. And, and, and the person that we interviewed today is author Diane Brandon, who wrote Dream Interpretation for Beginners. Ooh. 
That sounds and, like a fun one. Yeah, and she's she's very interesting, and um, and you know she she talks a little bit about how to you know prepare your body for dreams and and some tips on ideas of of what kind of dream journal you might be interested in. Okay. Um, kind of thing. Great. So this is like an actionable. This is an episode where people can actually, yeah, act, take the practical advice and and try applying it and see to kind of kind of the results they get. Yeah, because if you're kind of because I I mean. I don't, I've had some weird dreams, but I don't usually have to, like, I can usually interpret them pretty quickly. You know, it's like, oh, I killed that person. Well, that's because that person's annoying, you know, or, um, oh, or, that's you know, violent. Right. Well, it's usually, uh, we, we talk about that a little bit, the different kinds okay. of dreams that people have. So there's very common dreams that people have. And that's something that we talk about, uh, that, that Diane get into. And she, she gives mm. the interpretations like okay. of those dreams, of those common, several different common types of dreams that if, if you have those dreams, like here's a little insight that you might be able to get when you go into. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, I think it's so interesting that so, so many people have common type dreams. Like for example, the, the teeth falling out one. Oh, we definitely go. We definitely go into that because, okay. that, like, why is that something that more right. than one pe- person has? And then you go, is it is it that way because people start like one person had the dream and then told someone else and then <laughs> planted the seed in their mind, or is it like more deep than that? You know, but um, and that's one actually. You wrote you wrote a lyric in one of our songs about that. Oh, that's right. I completely <laughs> forgot about that lyric. <laughs> yeah. So in our song, what, freak show, freak show, freak show. It says. Um, uh, spitting out your teeth just like a dream. Yeah, but I've had that one before, and that's that's scary, man. It feels so real, and you're like, oh, I've had I've had that one. I've had ones where like my nose is growing uncontrollably, <laughs> and I don't think it's a Pinocchio <laughs> thing. It's just like I feel self conscious about my nose. I'm like, oh, oh god, now weird. I got this monster proboscis. That's so strange. Look at this beak. Why would your mind do that to you? I don't know, and and that's the whole point. But we kind of go into talking about like how you can how you can analyze like the different okay. things you should be looking into if you're the kind of person that wants to take dream analysis seriously. Great. Well, I'm excited to hear this. Maybe I will start doing a dream journal. Yeah, and so and so. Anyway, this is uh, we talked about the lucid dreamers and the you know the, a guide for psychonauts before. Right. And now, and now here's here's a little bit more of a guide for um, armchair psychoanalysts. All right, let's hear it. All right. I'm here with Diane Brandon, an integrative intuitive counselor from uh, Durham, North Carolina, with areas of uh, expertise in intuition, personal development, creativity, listening skills, and uh, what we're going to be talking about today is dream work and dream interpretation. How are you doing, Diane? I'm doing fine, Mike. Nice to be with you on the show. Thank you, and, th- and thank you for joining us today. And um, Now, you've written a couple of books uh, on intuition, and and things like and dream interpretation and what's your latest book the latest book is dream interpretation for beginners that one came out in march of this year so it's it's still it's still a baby <laughs> okay no that's great and um and i think the only uh dream interpretation book i ever um bought was you know it was a big it was in a Maybe I got as a gift. It was a big pink paperback book, and it was like a thousand dreams interpreted or something like ah, that. Ah, yes, yes. And I never felt that it was very, oh, I don't know, accurate or anything. Because it was stuff like, it was like written in the 1930s or even earlier than that. 
And I was like, how can these people from the uh, 1930s know what that I'm feeling, you know, when I got it in 1996 <laughs> or whatever? You know, how can they how can they do that? But either way, um, what got you into this and, and, and what got you interested in things like, you know, dream interpretation? You know, that's a good question, Mike, and I've been asked that before. And sometimes I joke and say it's because I love to sleep. However, however, you know, there's more to it than that. I do love to sleep because when I sleep, I'm not here. That's the closest I can come to being back on the other side. And so I've always loved to sleep. I've always, I think, just intuited that there was more to our sleeping world than we realized. And so that interest was always there underneath the surface. And sometime, either as an undergrad or in grad school, I found some books on sleep and dream research. Okay. And in grad school, my roommate and I, who was also interested in dreams, would interpret each other's dreams in the morning. So, so that's how the interest started to develop. And it went on for years. And then when I started working professionally with my intuition, and that was 22, 23 years ago, you know, I I started bringing the dream work into it. And, of course, my, my awareness of our sleeping world of dreams has just grown and grown and grown over the years. Now, now you said something. So now you see dreams, number one, is you see them as a psychological tool. You know, when you talk about dream interpretation and and dream work, but do you also see something um, spiritual in dream? It, it sounded like you you hinted at something uh, spiritual in the dream world. Oh yes, Mike, and I would say that's one of the the beauties of dreams. I feel is that a whole bunch of different things is going on while we're sleeping, dreams are what we tend to be aware of. Okay. And even dreams themselves can can have an application to personal growth and insight and creativity and problem solving, even health. And there is a huge spiritual aspect of sleeping and dreams. Not everybody wants to hear about that, of course. Sure. But there's a huge spiritual aspect, yes. Well, a lot of people talk about having, um, you know, psychic experiences mm-hmm. in dreams where they, they, they talk to uh, maybe a family member that's passed on or they, they have the exact same dream. My uh, uncle has a story that he uh, he had the exact same dream as his brother the day their father died. Yes, yes, and, yes. And he, you know, and it was something. He's like, they didn't expect him to die or pass on. And he's like, but no, my brother and I both called each other, and we had the, the exact same dream. Mm-hmm. And um, or people will have a dream, and I, I think I've even had this where something will happen, like. I had a dream that I was at my friend's house playing with a certain kind of red circular sled and we were in a snowball fight. Now, I didn't know he had that, a red circular sled and I didn't even know his neighbors at the time. And this happened like in the middle of two other dreams. And then I remember like, you know, and a month later, 
like I was at the guy's house and the the sled showed up, the neighbors showed up, the snowball fight happened, like, and I had gotten a glimpse of that in a dream prior. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's, you know, that's when I was like, well, you know, there may be something to this. <laughs> There's definitely something to it, Mike, and we can have all sorts of intuitive psychic information come in while we're sleeping and dreaming because, again, we use the term dream or dreaming to apply to a whole bunch of different phenomena. For example, there are dreams in which we're dreaming about something, and I think that's what most people think that dreams are, but some dreams are also actual experiences. For example, we can, the example you mentioned concerning your brother and you having the same dreams. My roommate in grad school had the same dreams on the same night sometimes. So we can we can not only have what, what are called shared dreams, we can also communicate with people. You mentioned a past on loved one, but we can also carry on two-way conversations with people who are still here while we're sleeping. So there are many, many different things that can happen in dreams. Well, did and, you, what was your, did you have some kind of like, was there a particular experience or a particular dream that you had and you were like, well, holy cow, you know, like that, that something like a tipping point for you where you had a, a particular dream where you're like, no, this is it. Like, this is. I need to help other people do this. Like you had some kind of experience. Like was there any, any particular one for you that you can remember? Oh, Mike. Oh, Mike. I had, well, I've had a couple of past life dreams over the years, but they didn't really wow me. Okay. I remember them. I had a pair of dreams back in grad school that I don't think was 100% applicable until I started doing the intuitive work. And it was really interesting because, and, and this was while I had the same roommate, mm -hmm. I, I, I heard a voice call my name. And so I slightly awakened and turned to my right to see where the voice was coming from. And there was no room between the bed and this piece of furniture. And then I thought, hmm, can't find the voice, so I'm going to get up and turn on the light. And instantaneously, I was over by the door and tried to turn on the overhead light. Couldn't. Thought, well, I'm going to, I'm going to call somebody. And instantaneously, I was in my roommate's room. We had a phone with a very long cord. This was many years ago. Okay, right, right. Couldn't pick up the the receiver. And then I instantly realized I was out of my body, slammed back into bed, woke up, kind of freaked out because I'd never been out of my body before. Of course. Consciously, consciously, you know, that I remembered at least in this lifetime mm -hmm. and went back to sleep. And later that night, I had another dream in which I was in an old house. This sounds so archetypical. And I was talking to these older women, and I said, I told them about the dream, and I said, and this was all presaged a couple of weeks ago by a dream I had that, to that told me that something would happen on the night of the full moon. Back then, I didn't pay attention to aspects or phases of the moon. Right. The ladies told me, 
Well, this was a test. And I woke up and I thought, hmm, I guess they were some sort of guides. I always felt that I had failed the test because I didn't want to be out of my body. I've always remembered those dreams. And then many years later is when I started working with my intuition. And, and I realize now that that's the way in which I help people is through my intuitive work, through my teaching, through my speaking, through my writing. I didn't, I didn't think of any of that back in grad school because I thought I was here to pursue performing, acting, and singing. Sure. From the time I was born, literally, I've always remembered what I thought when I was born. I thought that's what I was here to do. So in a way, those two dreams back in grad school somehow gave a glimpse of the work I would be doing in the future. But again, it was funny because for years I thought I'd failed that test. <laughs> right. Okay. So, um, and have those particular uh, ladies ever showed up again in your dreams? Or you think they were, were they symbolic of somebody? Or you think they might have been people you knew? Or That's a great question, Mike. No, that was the only time. And I, I personally don't work with guides because from the time I was born, I have felt a direct connection with the divine. So I just go straight to source. Um, you know, it, it all depends on, on people's comfort level and what works for them. But, but no, I think they were there for that particular dream and that particular time period. So I haven't, I haven't encountered them again, you know, at any point waking, waking or sleeping. Okay, so you've had you had that um, experience that that kind of started you on the, on the path, or you know you know showed that, and um, you know when did you start like working with other people and and saying that you know what like maybe I can help you figure some of this out. You know, I just interpreted dreams as kind of a hobby over the years. It was after I started working with my intuition in nineteen ninety two. And that work has morphed over the years. So I wrap the dream work into that. If, if, if a client wants to discuss a dream mm -hmm. in the context of a session, or some people just want me to interpret a dream, you know, then I do that. And sometimes those dreams will be giving them information about, about their lives, about their personal process and growth. Now that's, this is my sample because sure. a lot of the people who come to me are are interested in spirituality and in unfolding. Um, so, so that's the context that that I use the dream work in now, and I'm a firm believer that we can get so much information and so many insights out of our dreams. So that's that's how I tend to use it now, Mike. Okay. And, you know, so moving on to if for the people that want to interpret their dreams or the people that want to start remembering them and start looking into their dreams for, you know, guidance and things, uh, what are, you know, what are some tips that, you know, because like a lot of people, like my dad always says, like, he's like, I don't remember my dreams. You know, he's <laughs> like, I don't even, I don't even think I dream anymore. He's like, I'm so old, I don't dream. So, and I know that's not true because everybody dreams. Yes. And if, you know, if you're a person who is having trouble remembering your dreams, 
um, what's a good way you can start kind of to, to remember them? Well, the first thing I would suggest, Mike, is is you have to want to remember your dreams. You have to have an interest in dreams. So I would start there by learning about the different benefits we can derive from paying attention to our dreams. And when you go to sleep or before you go to sleep, just remind yourself, I'm really interested in my dreams. I want to remember them. Now, one thing a lot of people don't realize is that, first of all, we only remember our dreams when our level of consciousness shifts somewhat while we're, while we're dreaming. Okay. And if one is sleep-deprived, and you know that we live in a sleep-deprived society these days. Yes, we do. Yes, we tend not to remember our dreams because we spend more time in the deeper levels of sleep, and those are at the at the early part of the of the sleep cycle. And the dreams we tend to remember are later in the sleep cycle. So if you're sleep deprived, you may not get to those those later parts of the sleep cycle where you tend to have the dreams, what we call REM rapid eye movement sleep, where you're going to remember the dreams. Okay, so you'd, I mean, you recommend like, like let's say you wake up in the middle of the night mm-hmm. and um, you don't remember what you were dreaming about or something, uh, or like even if you decide to uh, set an alarm or something like that in the middle of the night and then go back to sleep and try to, uh, like you, you think that the, the later in the night you go, the better, uh, the better chance of remembering a dream you have? Yes, and, and I'm not big on, on setting an alarm, Mike. Because there are a lot of things that are different while we're sleeping. Physiological changes occur and certainly our states of consciousness are different. When we wake up from a dream, within five seconds, we will forget 50 to 70% of the dream. Within 10 seconds, we're going to forget at least 90% of a dream. So it's really, really important that you keep your eyes closed if you've had a dream, if you wake up from a dream. And also, I really recommend only working with dreams that we feel are significant rather than trying to to think about every dream, dream we've had. Because you don't want to also be disruptive of your sleep because right. that affects health. So... When you've had a dream and, and you're aware that you've had a dream, keep your eyes closed and really try to remember the dream and kind of go over it in your mind. And then you can try to record it. I, I'm not big on turning on the light and writing down a dream because the light will interrupt the sleep cycle. And there's also research showing that a negative health impact from exposure to light at night. Okay. So I would keep, you know, a handheld digital recorder by the bed, or if you have a smartphone, keep that there and just press the record button and record your dream and and go back to sleep is, I feel, one of the best ways of doing it. Um, People who have to get up at, at scheduled times and have to use an alarm clock that's problematic because as soon as, number one, the alarm goes off, you're jolted awake. You tend to 
lose what was going on while you were sleeping. Right. And as soon as we open our eyes, we're bombarded by visual stimuli and other types of stimuli, and that will crowd out in any memory of a dream. You may, you may remember just certain salient points. So, so it's important, I feel, to wake up slowly if you need to use an alarm. Get an alarm that plays a soft, sa- a soft sound or nice ambient soft music or sounds so that you're not jolted awake. Um, so those are, those are some, some initial recommendations for, for starting to remember dreams and pay attention to them. I mean, it sounds like the first step is just that you have to have, you have, to have the intention of it. You- you, it, ha- it has to be important to you, Mike, and the reason why is our unconscious knows us better than we know ourselves. Our unconscious is really who we are. And so there's a part of the brain, you may have heard of it, called the amygdala. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the seat of emotions. You have to really want to remember your dreams and charge the amygdala, so to speak, Um Rather than just thinking, oh, I have an idle curiosity about dreams. Oh, I'm not really tremendously interested. Your unconscious knows knows that, and and you may not be remembering the dreams as a result. Does that make sense? Yes, it certainly does. So you have to you have to take it seriously if you actually want to do it. Absolutely, and you have to emotionally want to do it. <laughs> and what if you're the kind of person who has nightmares constantly? You know, I you know I was thinking about if if you're there's the kind of people that want to interpret their dreams, and that they 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 see something in there and they want to figure that out. But there's also the kind of people, and I think I used to be like this, where you would have I mean constant, you know, like a nightmare every time you go to sleep. And mm-hmm. um, you know what what are the kind of people who are, are are coming to you? I mean, the people who are interested in the in the dream work, or maybe sometimes the people who are interested in like, uh being able to not be afraid when they go to sleep? Oh, I would say, I, I would say both Mike and, and nightmares are a really, really important subject, really important topic to really know more about. Nightmares tend to spring from negative emotions we have. Okay. That we may may or may not be consciously aware of most nightmares stem from fear or anxiety but nightmares can also stem from anger or guilt or other negative emotions and if there are if if nightmares are coming from fear or anxiety they could be stemming on a deeper level from old unresolved issues from the past and I'll give you an example okay I, I did some radio appearances in Boston a number of years ago, and I still remember that one person said that he had nightmares, recurring nightmares, on a fairly regular basis. And, and I won't belabor this, but it turned out that he had undergone abuse as a child and had never gotten therapy for it. So... The nightmares were stemming from those old unresolved issues. And I have to kind of do a, 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 a little postscript here. Okay. There are different sources of our dreams. There are different potential sources 
for our dreams. We all tend to think that they're all stemming from the unconscious. They're not all stemming from the unconscious, but I feel that most, most nightmares are. I mean, unless it's a shared dream that we're really getting from somebody else. And I personally feel based on all the work I've done over the years and research that our unconscious is not our enemy, it's our ally. I feel that our unconscious is always trying to bring us to balance. So if there's something that's out of balance, like old, unresolved issues from the past from abuse or something else, those will come out in the dream state. Our unconscious will be, will be serving them up to us. Sometimes it can be to get our conscious awareness to pay attention and to try to work on those issues. Other times, our unconscious may be working out some of those issues in the dream state or in the nightmare state, I should, I should say. So, so nightmares are not something just to ignore. And I'll share with you, Mike, you know, I've had some very intermittent bad dreams over the years, but I don't think I've ever really had a nightmare. So that's interesting. Yes. Yes. So there's something I feel nightmares are something to take seriously and and to attend to, which brings me to another point. You know, a lot of people approach dreams as something interesting. They're 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 entertainment. I personally feel that nightmares nightmares dreams, sorry, can give us so much information. And if we have a dream that's giving us really important information, in a lot of dreams, we want to follow up in some way. And that's how we can use dreams as a tool in our lives for, for growth or unfolding or, or, or whatever, depending upon what the, what the dream is about. So, so some dreams are giving us information that we do want to follow up on. And in that way, we're both using our, our dreams as a tool in our lives and we're partnering with, with our dreams and our unconscious. Okay. So, um, if, so if you are somebody that has a lot of nightmares or, you know, has regular nightmares and doesn't like going to sleep, okay. um, you know, what, what, would, what would you suggest be the first step for them to kind of interpret those nightmares or, or try to find a way to get to the positive part? What would be that, what would be that first step? Well, the first step I would say, Mike, is to realize and acknowledge that those nightmares are coming from something that needs to be dealt with. So that's number one. Number two, I would recommend either interpreting your nightmares yourself, if you can, and and in my book, Dream Interpretation for Beginners, I not only give tips, I have a specific procedure to follow. And... If you don't feel that that's something you really can do, then then go to somebody who has that expertise. And once you determine the meaning or meanings of the nightmares, that should give you information as to how to work on them or the issues, I should say, so that those nightmares will no longer plague you. Okay, well, so it sounds like if you're the kind of person that has nightmares all the time, uh, you might, you know, you might want to do a little thinking um, before the next time you go to sleep as to why you're the kind of person that has nightmares all the time. It's really important if if your nightmares 
are so disturbing that you have a fear of going to sleep, it's it's not only a sad situation, but it's the potentially negative health situation because of all the research that's come out in the five in the past five to seven mm-hmm. years on on all the negative health impacts of inadequate sleep. So you want to get to the bottom of what's causing those so that you can get to the point where you welcome going to sleep. You embrace it not only as a time to rest and that is restorative and good for your health, but also as a time when you can actually have some pleasant dreams and get some some good benefits from them. Okay. So, okay, so it sounds like a couple of different things. So, number one, if, if you want to be the kind of person who uh, is, interprets and gets wisdom from your dreams, do it with intention. Grab a, grab a recorder. Make sure you care about it. And if you want to be the kind of person who isn't plagued by nightmares, then, you know, you want to you go into some of the reasons why you might be having nightmares every night, whether it's something you've uh, experienced or something that's happened to you, and, and if it makes it so you can't sleep, which is very damaging to your health, you want to make sure that um, if you need, you know, therapy about it or need to talk about it, that let that be a, you know, one of the impetuses to get you to do that. Um, yes. Because you're going to need to sleep in order to live the kind of life that you want to live, and in order to explore the dreams you might, you know, the way you want to, you, you can't have them be, you know, being hunted by a serial killer every night. <laughs> And actually, it's interesting because some negative dreams or nightmares that are recurring can actually come not from not just from negative experiences in this lifetime, but but from negative experiences in, in other lifetimes. There's I have a dream example in, in the book, and it was so touching because this person had these dreams as a very young child and was actually seeing a bright light and experiencing this and that. And and I can't remember verbatim the different features of the dreams, but it turns out I just knew intuitively that it had to do with an atomic bomb. And wow, okay. that that this person had lived in Hiroshima when when the nuclear bomb was de- detonated. Because there were there were elements in this dream that a child that young could not possibly have known, like the physical effects. And 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 once he became consciously aware of where those dreams were stemming from, it diffused them. They 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 stopped. So sometimes sometimes nightmares can be about things that we need to work on, old issues, and sometimes it's just a conscious acknowledgement and recognition of something from another lifetime. Well, that's uh, that's so. So you, your dreams can help you see into the lives you've lived before. And, Absolutely. And you were saying that you had some, you know. So, Diane, what's your what's your past life? Oh, I think I've had many past lives, Mike, I have always been aware in this lifetime of, of having been a chanteuse in Paris in my last lifetime. And when I started studying French in eighth grade, it was like relearning language I already knew and all the idioms made sense. 
Um, I've always had a thing about about the Middle Ages and, and wait. Monsters. So if you guys don't know what a chanteuse, so you were a singer in Paris. Yes, yes, a female, okay. female so singer. Just, in Paris. That, and that's just the French word. So those who aren't hip <laughs> on the French, that she used to be, a, she was a singer in Paris. And then, what were you in the Middle Ages? I think I was a nun or a monk, and um, I've always had an affinity for for the Middle Ages and and monasteries and cathedrals. And the the two past lives past life dreams I had, one was, I think, in the Middle Ages, because I remember, actually, as I was waking up from that dream, I was saying, you know, don't, don't, like, don't, don't open this cupboard or piece of furniture, you'll you'll let the bad humors out. And when I woke up, I went, okay, bad humors, that is definitely not from this lifetime. Right. And, And the other dream, past life dream, that I'm consciously aware of having, and, and I've regressed myself several times, so I'm aware of other lives, but was in an ancient temple. It sounds so stereotypical, but I was, you know, the, the, the priest or the priestess and, and apparently had gotten very mad at the congregation or the people present. And I levitated and I pointed a finger and said, you, and you know, um, so that was, that was the other huh. past. Yes, we can have all sorts of, of dreams about, about past lives. And I don't want to get technical here, Mike, but if you think about this on the highest levels, time doesn't really exist. So all our lives are coexisting. They're all happening at the same time. You know, it's just that we have this experience while we're here in the physical birth of of time and and before and after well and i was i was talking about time dream time with my wife last night not not the aboriginal dream time but just dream you know like time and dreams and how that you know i used to i used to go to sleep and i'd leave my radio on and you know sometimes i'd 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 wake up in the morning and in the dream i would have heard the entire song you know, I'd have, I would have listened to the entire song inside the dream. But when I wake up, it was just like on the second verse or even, you know, even the intro. So uh-huh. that, you know, in, in the in the matter of 30 seconds or whatever, I had experienced, I mean, the entire the entire song inside the dream, like it had gone through my head and I felt like I'd been through the whole thing. And in reality, like if I was, you know, I, I was hearing it uh, from the radio, but it was only the beginning of it on the radio. That's a wonderful experience, Mike. That's a wonderful experience because you got to experience firsthand the difference between perception and experience of time in this reality and in another one. Well, even, you know, you think about how, you know, when you hit the snooze bar, how many times you hit the snooze bar and then you, it's been, you know, you feel like you went through an entire you know, an hour of something, and it really is only 10 minutes or eight minutes or... So it seems like in, in dreams, time is just... It doesn't exist. It does not sync up to to what we experience as time here. That's another interesting aspect of, of dreams. And it's not just time, Mike. It's also space, because while we're sleeping, our consciousness can be off exploring other places and time periods or 
astral body can be off experiencing other times and and places and and sometimes we go to other parts of the universe or other dimensions there are a couple of people in in my book who are aware of being taken to other places other levels other dimensions in the deeper levels of sleep one of them remembers those that she goes out and and visits people and heals people whether they're people she knows or not so that's another thing that can happen while we're sleeping well you talked earlier before about about sharing dreams with other people mm-hmm. now um that makes me think about inception <laughs> and you know obviously how they i mean they're completely you know lucid in the dreams and they're talking to each other and and sharing the dreams and so I know it doesn't work like Inception, but um, you know what? When you've shared dreams with other people or had a, a shared dreaming experience, um, how has that dream telepathy kind of happened? You know, with my my own personal experience, it's been quite spontaneous. I haven't I haven't tried to make it happen. Some people try to do it quite deliberately, whether they're doing it in a lucid state, in lucid dreaming, or some people actually have have groups in which they try to have either shared dreams or they try to incubate dreams for people in the group who are dealing with things. So there are different ways that that, that, that can happen. Okay, so it's never something where you're like, okay, I'm totally like, I'm coming in your dream tonight and we're going to hang out or whatever, or, you know, you better watch it. I'm super mad at you, so I'm going to do something scary in your dream tonight, which, I mean, that's, I mean, that's the ultimate, like somebody, I and mean, that's Freddy Krueger, right? That yes. That could, I mean, you can't, you, you can't. can't escape him. Yeah, you can, you can do that because it's funny because I haven't thought about this in years, but there was a guy I was, I was dating in grad school who would project to me at night. At that point, I didn't even know I was intuitive. I certainly was aware that I was, that I was spiritual. And, and I had not even considered something like this, but it would be, you know, later at night, maybe around 11 or midnight, and I would just kind of sense him. And then when I spoke to him the next day, he said he had been projecting to me. And, and I was, and I was sensing it. So you can do that and you can do that while somebody else is sleeping and you may show up in their dream or you may actually carry on a conversation. And and that can also happen spontaneously and non-deliberately. Sure. And, and, you know, and dream telepathy, I mean, it's something even, um, Sigmund Freud talked about it. He said he never really had a telepathic dream, but he, he presented a model to try to, um, you know, to introduce shared dreaming. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, in, you know, that's interesting. We were talking about, you know, obviously anytime you talk about dream interpretation and uh, the discussion of, you know, we were talking about people abuse and psychoanalysis and things like that. I mean, Sigmund Freud's going to show up because <laughs> uh, he is, I mean, he's the big daddy of, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of this, the dream interpretation and stuff. I mean, that's why, you know, the famous line, um, somebody, you know, asked him about everything with Sigmund Freud with sex and, you know, <laughs> and the famous line, he's like, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. Like yes. sometimes it doesn't, things don't have to mean everything all the time, but a lot of times they do. 
Yes, 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 yes. That's a very famous one. You're right. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, and, and speaking of cigars, we should talk a little bit about some common dreams and what they might mean. Okay. Um, so if there are uh, people listening who, like, have had some of these common dreams, you know, what could they mean? And so, I mean, the one that I always think about is um, where your teeth fall out. Oh, Yes. So what, yes. I mean, what kind of, like, so what, what would you say is uh, the symbolism of your teeth falling out? Now, I'm going to preface this, Mike, okay. and say that I am not one who believes in universal symbols. Sure. Because what I have found is that if a dream is stemming from our unconscious it has our vocabulary, it has our symbols, our our connotations and associations. And so with some of these common dreams that people tend to have, there are different possible interpretations and there can be an interpretation that only one would be right for just one person. So with, with teeth falling out, that could be expressing a fear of losing control it could be expressing a fear of aging or, or getting older or a fear of being unattractive or, or losing your looks. It could even be, you know, a fear of, of not being able to eat or of being hungry. It could be a fear of, of, of not having power or of falling from a position of power or not being able to speak or assert yourself. And actually there's a dream I have in the book, Dream for Beginners. And, and it did have to do with not being able to talk or not being able to bite for that person. The meaning had to do with the fear of not being able to have what she wanted and not being able to figuratively take a bite out of life. So, so it's a perfect example of, of needing to look at the dream individually and what it means for the person who had it. So there are different potential meanings for, for a lot of these common dreams. But again, you can, you can have some, some unique meanings for the person who had the dream. Right, right. Just, you know, if there's anything, if, if, if anything you find in the people you work with that's a common thing, that's kind of what I wanted to see. Like, um, you know, for, you know, people always talk about the fact that they try to run in dreams, like if they're being chased or things, and, and they can't run. Like they're, they're running, like, like their feet are stuck in molasses. Yes, yes, and, yes. And, uh, you know, what's, what are a couple of things that that can be symbolic of? Well, if you're having a dream in which you're being chased, it could be that there's something that is pursuing you in life. And that could be something as simple as as too much work. You've got too much work on your plate. It could also it could also refer to a situation in which somebody is really after you for some reason, and there's a fear of not being able to stand up for yourself or defend yourself, especially, you know, if you're finding yourself stuck in the dream. And I I have to mention this, Mike. Okay. It's very important when we're looking at dreams like this, which really tend to be nightmares or bad dreams, to look at 
how you felt in the dream. Because I remember speaking on dreams, and this is probably 10 years ago, and and after I did my little presentation, I, I had some practice session for people to practice interpreting dreams. Sure. And one woman asked about recurring dreams that she had in which she was always being chased. And I asked her, how did you feel in the dreams? And she said, oh, it feels good. It's pleasant. <laughs> okay, then. So for her, it wasn't a nightmare. So it's very important to look at how you felt in a dream. Because if you felt bad, that's very different from feeling feeling positive or happy or good. And that mean, that, that gives a different meaning. But going back to dreams of being chased... Yes. That don't feel good. I mean, it could also be that that you're you're stressed, or or it could be stemming even from a belief that people are out to get you. So you have to look at what the dream means for that person and what it means for that person at that point in the person's life. Okay, it could be stemming from a from a current situation. Uh, that's a that's that's a good way to look at it. And so when you're interpreting your own dreams, when you're looking into it, you want to think like how you feel. So it's not that the actual action means something in the dream as much as it is what how are how are you reacting to it? Are you scared or are you excited? Like that like that that woman who's obviously excited about whatever she was being. She's like, oh, it's totally pleasant being chased. So <laughs> I I think I'm gonna I'm gonna try to find my way into one of her dreams and see why it's pleasant for her. Now, I know this one's a common one. Showing up to work or school buck naked. <laughs> what could that possibly mean? <laughs> You're right, Mike. That is a very, very common dream. You know, I've, I, I've had that one very, very intermittently. Dreams in which you're out somewhere and you look down and you notice that you, like, oops. you're naked. <laughs> oops. Could mean that you're feeling exposed. You're feeling vulnerable. You're feeling that there's something that you haven't attended to, you know, that you're, you haven't been responsible. Um, it, it could have to do with, even if there's something that you've been trying to hide in your life from other people, it could have to do with with a fear of not being able to hide it anymore. So it usually has to do with with a fear, some sort of vulnerability or some sort of, of fear of, of being exposed or having having failed at something or not done something that you're supposed to do. Okay, so that's that's a good way. So, I mean, it, it literally, I mean, it, it's taking exposure to its most literal level. <laughs> oh, yes, and the word literal is really important, Mike, because I mentioned earlier that our unconscious has its own vocabulary. As I mentioned before, when we go to sleep, Things change in our bodies, not just our states of consciousness, but even some brain chemicals and 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 physical body chemicals. Okay. One induces one induces the paralysis so that we don't act out dreams, and that can be that mechanism is usually not working well for people who sleepwalk. But our cerebral cortex is turned off 
while we're sleeping, the limbic system, which is has to do with emotions, is activated. So our unconscious can't can't rely on things that we name as symbols and dreams. So a lot of times it uses pictorial representations, images. It also uses puns and plays on words. So so yes, you, when you use the word literal, it reminded me of that. So it's it's helpful to be aware of that when we're interpreting dreams because sometimes as we're recounting the dream, the words we're using are expressing a meaning in the dream, if, if that makes sense. No, that absolutely does. Look at your verbal, you know, the, the things you're saying, because words are, you know, a different part of the brain. They're a very specific part that we just have for our, our verbal abilities and words and their definitions. So that could be something that's activated just as much as anything in your lizard brain is activated by fear or anger or lust or the different things people can experience. Yes, and because, because dreams don't have, your unconscious doesn't have access to that naming part of the brain, it uses these other, these other functions so that one example I use in the book is you may be dreaming about a bucket and you can't pick it up, and that could mean you can't get a handle on something. Okay. So that your unconscious will, will, will make it an image but when you're expressing that, you know, it's, it's really, we're using a word, whereas our unconscious is using an image. Okay, that's, a, that's, that's interesting. Oh, yes. <laughs> how, about, how about flying? Now, flying, oh. I, flying, I know, is a popular dream. A lot of people fly in it. And um, what, could, you know, what could that mean? Well, if it's, if it's a pleasant experience, and this is, this is a, a somewhat common dream, I personally feel, Mike, that, that flying dreams are really spiritual because they're coming the closest we can get while we're here physically in body to what things are like when we're not in a body, okay. when, when basically our soul is free and, and we're unfettered and we're able to move around just like when I had that experience back in grad school and I was trying to figure out where that voice was coming from and I thought of turning on the light and instantaneously I was over by the light switch. So huh. when we're not in body, we're, we're able to fly around, I'll use the word fly, but we're also able instantaneously to be somewhere else. So flying dreams, we can say that they're expressing freedom, which, of course, they often are. But I tend to feel that they're very, very spiritual. Okay. Now let's get to a couple more popular ones here, like one where people dream that they're cheating on their significant other. Now, I, of course, have never had that dream. <laughs> but yes. uh, I, you know, I've heard about people that might have. And so, um, what, what kind of the, what, you know, what if, uh, let's say you're the kind of person that has that dream, you know, what, what could you be thinking? Well, with a dream like that, I actually feel that there are different possible interpretations of it, Mike. It could be, you know, that you're unconsciously 
attracted to somebody else. It could be that there's the part of you that doesn't want to be tied down or restricted. It could be as well, you know, again, going back to feeling in a dream, you know, if, if it's a negative feeling, it could even be expressing a, a fear of doing something that you might be punished for. So again, you know, different possible interpretations, but you'll have to look at the feeling, the feelings you felt in the dream and the, the person who actually had the dream. Sure. Well, I know that my friend that's had those dreams always, what happens to him is that he uh, he always just forgets that he's in a relationship. And then like halfway through the dream, he's like, oh, wait, I'm not supposed to be on a date with this person because I'm married. <laughs> and you're like, oh, oops. Um, so that's, you know, and I don't even, you know, I don't even, I, I was telling him, I'm like, I don't know what that means. Um, but I thought it was interesting. Yeah, it's interesting that he, he forgets that he's married. So what I would wonder with him is if he had his druthers and he weren't married, if he'd rather just be playing the field. Ah, and the significant part of that dream, I feel, is that he remembers that he's married. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and now here's a dream that I've had, personally, that I know about, and that is killing somebody. So a dream that it could be accidentally, could have been on purpose, could have been something, so I kill somebody. And then I'm like, how do I get away with it? Or that feeling of like, I'm going to be caught. or And it's not even, sometimes it's just a person I made up. Very infrequently is it someone that I know in my life. Um, so let's say I dream that I killed somebody. And then I got to figure out like what to do with the body and how not to get caught. And feeling weird feelings of guilt, like, oh, I'm going to be. But it's not really guilt about killing the person. It's guilt about being caught. Okay, so let me, what would you say about that? Let me, let me ask you something, Mike. Yes. In those dreams, when you actually go through the act of killing the person, is there anger? Is you, are you killing the person, known to you or unknown, out of anger? You, you know, that's, that's a good question because I don't usually remember killing the person. It's usually like, and usually the parts that I remember, it's like, or afterwards, or maybe that's where we come to the story part of the dream. Like that's where I showed up at the part where it's like, oh man, I killed somebody and now I got to figure out a way to get away with it. Well, I would say since you, since in these dreams, you don't, it's always after the fact. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Almost always after the fact. It may have to do with your concern about doing something that is either socially or ethically unacceptable and how do you how do you extricate yourself from not just from responsibility but from going on with your life is there a fear that you may have about doing the wrong thing and then being held responsible for it oh that's a good that's a good thought like now, now, another possibility, and, and this has to do with the fact that in working with dreams, there are all these different schools of thought out there. And, and, and 
my approach is a very individual approach. You know, I, I don't believe in putting people in categories and saying, well, your dream means this for everybody. Mm-hmm. But there is, there is one method of looking at different people in your dreams as parts of yourself. So it could even be possibly helpful to look at the person you killed in a dream as a part of yourself that you may be wanting to get rid of. Or maybe not accepting about yourself. Oh, that's a that is an interesting thought. I never thought of it like that. That I mean, obviously everything's symbolic because it's a dream and it's coming from your brain. But mm-hmm. um, that when you do that, there may be a when you kill somebody in a dream, um, you may be expressing a an unconscious desire or I mean subconscious desire to uh, get rid of that piece here. So whatever was annoying you about that person, why you killed them, um. That may be something that uh, you see in yourself that you want to eliminate. Yes, yes. It's often said that sometimes other people in our dreams may be representing parts of ourselves that we're either unable to accept and we repress or that that we would benefit from recognizing and and allowing ourselves to express. So it's like, you know, it could be one, it could be the other. I guess in some cases it could be both. But yes, that's that's a useful little technique. I, I feel intuitively that the first one we talked about might be, you know, might be more dead on. But, and this is another important point I feel, when we're interpreting our dream or somebody else's, I always look for an aha. I always work on interpreting, teasing out meanings. And once the light bulb goes off, once somebody has an aha. Like a breakthrough. Yeah. It's like it's, it's an aha, you know, like that flash of realization. It's like you know that you've gotten to the correct, the correct interpretations. For, for anybody that's, you know, working on interpreting their dreams and doing dream work for themselves, I mean, that's a good way to put it. So when you're working on something or when you're, you're journaling about your dream and trying to figure it out later on after you maybe listen to your, your recollection of it, um, when you feel that you've hit on something that's a truth that you either didn't realize before or something that you can't deny, and I think we've all had those moments, like you said, the aha moment, and yes. the, 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 that realization, like, whoa, I didn't even, I didn't even <laughs> think about that before. Um, you know, then you've then you've probably hit on something important, and then why uh, and a good reason to interpret your dreams in the first place. Yes. So, um, so, so those are those are just a few dreams. Is there a, is there another common dream that I'm? I mean, there's always the uh, oh the taking Take, the test. Taking the test. Oh yes. Yeah. Like what's yeah. what? What do you think that might mean? Like if you you're completely unprepared for the test, and it's you show up, and it's calculus day or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or there's a pop quiz or whatever, and you're not prepared. Taking a test dream, and, and these are so common, can often have to do with feeling that you are unprepared, feeling that you haven't done something you're supposed to do, so you're unprepared. It can also have a meaning that you're being asked to prove yourself in some way. It can have to do with feelings of being inadequate. And to me, the interesting thing about dreams about being tested, I have variations on these. Okay. Because I did 
acting for so many years, <laughs> I will very intermittently have a dream in which I'm in a show and it's opening night and I haven't been to any rehearsals, don't know my lines, and I don't have my script with me. So same sorts of meanings for me, those dreams have to do with not performing well, a fear of not performing well, and also a fear of not having done what I was supposed to do, i.e. go to rehearsals. Prepare, right. Lines. Yes, prepare. Yeah. Prepare. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a that that's a good one. So, right, if you're performing, I've had those dreams. I mean, I've been in a band for a thousand years uh, mm-hmm. with my my co-host Wendy, um, and we'll be, uh, you know, and I'll have be dreams that we have a show, and then we'll all look at each other, and we don't have any songs ready. Like, you know, just yeah. like, hey, like, uh, did we did we rehearse this? And we're like, um, no. And then you're like, what am I gonna, you know, what do you do? You can't just you can't just you know improvise. Yes, and I think we all have those feelings from time to time, usually unconsciously, that we may not be prepared or that we're going to be tested. So having some of these these common dreams very, very intermittently is not really a problem. But if we have them like on a recurring basis fairly often, then there may be something it would be helpful to look at. Okay, cool. Um, well, I mean, I could, you know, Diane, I tell you, I could, I could probably talk about, um, <laughs> the different kinds of dreams. And you know, I just, I, you know, I just told you a couple of mine and I have about a thousand more, but, um, <laughs> but you know, we're, we're reaching the end here. And so I kind of wanted to give a summary to the people who are looking for, um, if you're the kind of person that wants to start interpreting your dreams start, you know, trying to figure out what's, you know, what's, what your synapses are firing in the, <laughs> in the middle of the night, um, so number one, do it with intention. If you want to be the kind of person that remembers your dreams and, and tries to understand them and see and see uh, the meaning in them and to try to, you know, if you want to do something spiritual with it or psychic with it or start getting into that stuff too, you got to have intention. So you make sure you do it and you take it seriously. Otherwise, um, it's not going to happen. And so that I would say that would be the first step. Am I getting warm? I, I, I totally agree with you. And okay. it's, it, it's important to, to number one, respect your, your dreams and realize that no matter how bizarre a dream means, once you tease out the appropriate meanings, they will make perfect sense. So I feel that it's important to respect our dreams. It's important to learn a lot of the ins and outs of our sleeping states and of dreams in, a, in order to interpret them. And I, I cover a lot of that in, in my book, my dream okay. interpretation for beginners. It's, it's really to take people, teaches all the basics, including, you know, the procedure that I use. I have some tips in there and, and then I have dreams, some that I interpret and then I have some practice dreams. So the book is really designed to be kind of a how to manual that, that teaches people the basics about dreams and teaches people how to start interpreting dreams. And some of those examples really, really teach, you know, some of these basics as well in, in practicum sort of, sort of form. So I personally feel that dreams can be a really hugely beneficial tool for us in our lives if, if we know how to work with them. Absolutely. So, 
Uh, and and I think that so if you start at the beginning and once you you know once you give it a try, um, when you, you go in there, you, you're talking your dreams in your voice recorder, you're listening to it the next day and journaling about it, and you're you're trying to tease out the different parts of your life, whether it's spiritual or emotional, or working through some nightmares you might have and and figure out where they're coming from in the beginning, whether you're just watching too many scary movies, or <laughs> you know, or something's nagging at you deep inside that needs to be taken care of. Once you do that and you start analyzing, you know, what you're doing in the middle of the night, you, you kind of go through those steps. And, and if you go through those steps and, and you realize that, okay, well, this is, this is something you might want to explore further. Where can people find you and find your book and learn more about how to interpret their dreams and get extra value out of the time they spend sleeping? Oh, I would say, first of all, people can go to my website, which is dianebrandon.com, D-I-A-N-E-B-R-A-N-D-O-N. My contact information is on there. My book, my newest book, Dream Interpretation for Beginners, should be widely available. It should be available in bookstores. It should be available online. So I'm, I'm readily findable. I do have a dream group on Facebook, which is called Your Dream World. Okay. And, and people can join that. I, you just submit a request to, to join. It's a, it's a closed group because I think the members don't want their dreams out there for everybody to see unless, sure. you know, unless they're members of the group. And, and I do work one-on-one with people in helping people to understand their dreams and, and the intuitive counseling as well. That sounds good. So we'll, we'll put all those links in the show notes so people who are looking, uh, you know, they want to maybe pick up a copy of your book to learn more or they want to contact you directly. Maybe they want to go through a session and, and try to figure out the dreams. You can find that in the show notes and that's going to be othersidepodcast.com slash 53 and you'll be able to find links to Diane. And uh, I know you do a lot of other, more stuff, Diane, so we'll have to contact you and talk about more about your stuff in the future. Uh, and, oh. and the different aspects that you do, or maybe we'll have a have a dream interpretation 201 class that we do <laughs> in the future. But either way, I want to thank you for spending some time with us and and, uh, and sharing this with our listeners. Well, thank you, Mike. It's been a wonderful discussion. Well, that certainly was fascinating. Yes, I, I thought that I thought that Diane um, had a lot of interesting things. I liked how she brought a little bit of paranormal stuff into it too. Like yeah, for um, sure. Like the past lives. Uh, that sometimes past lives can show up in your dreams, or I want to try dream telepathy Ooh, because I think I think fun. we I think we could write some cool songs in our dreams. <laughs> like we went yeah. in, and uh, and then I'm you know in your dream you can play as fast as you want. Like if I was working on a part that I couldn't actually play guitar on, I'd be oh, like, but yeah, it's the best. All, all I have to do is think it to make it happen uh, in a dream. So I think um, we'll we'll try some dream telepathy experiments. And if you guys try any dream telepathy yes. experiments and they work and you guys have oh. some inception business going down, yeah. then let us know. And also, I mean, maybe even if you just had a really uh, remarkable kind of strange dream that stuck with you, I would be curious to hear those too. I just, would too. Just for fun. And if people can find that, you know, if you go through it and you do a little bit of an armchair analysis of it. And then find out that, hey, you know, like I, I got to, right. you know, we talk about in the interview, we talk about breakthroughs and we talk about realizations and Diane calls them aha moments. Mm-hmm. And so, uh-huh. you know, use your, aha, aha, you can use uh-huh. your, <laughs> you can use your dreams to understand a little bit more about yourself. And, um, and, and, and so that's why I thought that uh, Diane would have something valuable for everybody listening. That's great. And 
You can find the show notes for this at othersidepodcast.com slash five three. That's for episode 53. So please do check that out and uh, tweet at us if you if you have some interesting results at Other Side Talk. Yeah, come say hi on Twitter. And uh, I'm at Sunspot Mike on Twitter. And Wendy's at Sunspot Wendy on Twitter. Yeah. So we're really easy to find. Um, no spaces Indeed. or even underscores or anything like that. Tell us, tell us your dreams. <laughs> and, so, right. and so this week's song um, kind of goes off on that. Um, it's a little bit more about the uh, Aboriginal Dreamtime. The indigenous peoples of Australia have a have a place as part of their, um, you know, religion or spiritual belief. Um, believe in a place where people go, where you can uh, visit your ancestors, where you can uh, understand uh, the world and feel connected to the land, and and they call it the Dreamtime. Very cool. And so that's, I mean, in, in the interview, we talk a little bit about how in dreams, there is no time, there is no space, like um, you're experiencing things without physicality. Right. And we'll do an, whole, an entire episode on dream time when we, when we can actually talk to an expert Ooh, on it. Yay. But uh, that is the name of, of this song, and it's dreamy, spacey, uh, and going to the place where time and space doesn't exist, the dream time. There is no distance There is no time There is no boundary As big as your mind Collective memory Of a place we never been Always recreating When the spirit moves in There is no boundary as 
big as your mind See you again in your dream time Thank you for listening to today's episode. You can find us online at othersidepodcast.com. Until next time, see you on the other side. God, now I got this monster proboscis and just look at this beast.